0: People think that that oh all the best ideas have been done. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Like there's no new ideas. Like, but it's that is so not true. You just think that because you haven't had a new idea, or or you people think oh this idea is so obvious. If if because it's so obvious, someone must have done it. And I thought that about the beat buddy. I I was sure someone had done it. And to be honest, I was completely shocked that nobody had done it because I thought it was an obvious idea too and that's you know they say the secret to having good ideas is have a lot of ideas (laughs) and if you have enough ideas occasionally some of them will be good and some of the good ones nobody had done before and then you have an opportunity to actually do it yourself
1: We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with David Pacows. David is the founder and CEO at Singular Sound. He's an American entrepreneur, inventor, and musician. He went from being a partner at AEY Inc to founding and serving as CEO for Singular Sound. And he has really interesting stories. I'm looking forward to connecting with him more. He went from securing a nearly $300 million US government contract to supply the army with ammunition and weapons. And he went on to now create Singular Sound and to help create products for looping and guitar music production stations. So that sounds like an interesting transition. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about you and your story. And thank you for taking the time to be here today.
0: My pleasure, thank you for having me.
1: Awesome, so to start with, man, like, let's just, let's just, let's just hear, let's hear your story. So how how did, how did he get started and kind of find your way to the point
0: that you're at right now? Right. Well, since this is a 45 minute podcast, I'll give the short version. There was for people who've seen it, there was a, I'm most well-known for the movie War Dogs, which was made by Todd Phillips. He's also the same director who made Joker after War Dogs and he made the Hangover movies before War Dogs. So that's kind of his... Thing, But he made the movie War Dogs, which was based on my on my experience in the arms industry when I was in my early 20s. I was 22, 23 years old at the time. And that was back in 2005. So good 18 years ago. little little while ago but yeah i got into that business when i while i was in college i had a friend of mine who had grown up with and he had gotten into the business through his uncle and he asked me to join him as his partner and this was in 2005 right when uh, after the united states invaded iraq and the Bush administration strategy was to hire private contractors for everything. And one of the things they hired p- private contractors for was to supply the troops as well as the other private contractors. And that's where we came in. We started bidding on these contracts, mostly for weapons and ammunition, some other stuff too, like fuel and and clothing and bedsheets and food, but, but mostly weapons and ammunition. And we started winning these really big contracts. My friend was even younger than me. He was 18. And I, I was 22. And eventually we won this enormous contract, a $300 million contract to supply ammunition to the Afghan National Army, which it was to the U.S. Army, but they were giving it to the Afghan Army because we were trying to build up a, a democratic government over there. And to make a very long story short, the, the deal kind of went bad and we got in some legal trouble and uh, which is all portrayed in the movie. Miles Teller plays me from uh, Whiplash. Fame, your audience would know it would know him better from Whiplash. So I thought that was cool because you know he's he got famous for playing a drummer in a in a you know one one of the few music movies that becomes popular, and uh, then he ended up portraying me in a film. And after that film, I went on to create music equipment specifically. a uh, uh, drum machines. So it's kind of a interesting situation there. But yeah, so I got in some legal trouble. We were supplying ammunition that had originally been from China. We hid the fact that it was Chinese. We repackaged it. It wasn't you know, the way they we thought it was illegal, it wasn't, I I don't want to go too much into detail because we don't have that much time, but but it it was illegal enough that we thought that we might get in trouble. So we committed illegal acts to cover up what we thought was illegal, which probably wasn't illegal in the first place. So So it was kind of that situation. And anyway, got into some trouble. And I ended up We both pled guilty. I got sentenced to seven months of house arrest, which is not so bad. I managed to avoid prison. I feel very grateful and lucky for that. And while I was under house arrest is how I got into my current business of making music gear. So it's an interesting transition. What happened was while I was under house arrest, I had the ankle monitor, the whole thing. Of course, I you know, would have my musician friends come visit me and we would jam. But the one guy who couldn't visit me, at least not with his instruments, was the drummer, right? Because he, you know, he's not going to load up his whole drum set into his van and bring it over my tiny little apartment and wake up my entire apartment building. So I really missed playing with, with my drummer because it was, you know, the drums, what gives the end, the beat gives the energy to the music. You dance to the beat. So I bought a drum machine to play along to just as a an accompaniment thing and um, but every time i wanted to change the beat like when i wanted to go from verse to chorus i'd have to stop playing my guitar press a button on the drum machine to change the beat and then go back to playing my guitar and that interrupted the whole flow of the music and so i thought man i really wish i had a drum machine that was like inside a guitar pedal that you know, I could just control hands-free with my foot and so I wouldn't have to stop playing. And so I looked around and the closest thing I found were these like some looper pedals that would have a drum track that you could turn on. But that was just a static drum track it was a backing track you couldn't like change the beat on the fly when you go from verse to chorus you couldn't throw in a drum fill or or do like a pause on pause for a drum break or anything like that it was just a static beat that would never change and so i'm like well i mean i might as well play a beat from my phone in that case so uh, I looked it up online, and I, I couldn't find anyone who would make who made a uh, like a, a real controllable hands-free drum machine. And I did a patent search, and nobody had even patented the idea, which really shocked me because you know most like 99% of patents don't even get made into products. So you would think that they'd patented something this simple. And I asked my musician friends if they'd seen anything like it. They hadn't seen anything like it, but they all wanted one too. So I thought if everyone wants one, nobody's making it. This is my opportunity to move beyond the arms business <laughs> and, and into something I really loved, which was music. I'd been playing guitar since I was 15 years old. It's always been a huge, music has always been a huge part of my life. I'm a singer songwriter. And I never really wanted to be in the arms business in the first place. It was just something that kind of fell into my lap and I took the opportunity as, a, as, as it was. So I hired an engineering team that was a whole challenge in of itself to find good engineers who could actually build this at a good quality and I struck a very special deal with them where I would pay them most of the money after I did a crowdfunding campaign because I didn't have any money left at the time and because I had spent all my money on lawyers to keep me out of prison and uh, but they did a great job they built and and the my first product was called the Beat Buddy like if anyone's watching this on video, you see this poster behind my head. That's the Beat Buddy right there. As Gizmodo says in big quotes on the top of the poster, "It's a genius idea." Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, and it did extremely well. We launched it on a crowdfunding campaign because I didn't have the money to pay the engineers, let alone doing the manufacturing. And we raised three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a single month. It became a, the most successful. A funding campaign for any musical accessory at the time. Since then, I think we've been beat by someone by someone else. But they were more focused on on turning non-musicians into musicians. So I consider that a general market product rather than a musicians' product, pure musicians' product. So so yeah, the Beat Buddy it. it we won pretty much every major gear award in the industry we got NAMM's best in show guitar players hall of fame so it's done extremely well and since then we've gone into our other line of products we went and people wanted to use the beat buddy with a looper so we created the Eros Loop Studio which is the world's first looper with a with a touch screen on it and it shows you the recordings the sound waves as you're recording just like in your daw so you're able to see the loops as you make them and as you play them back and it's also got both sequential and and parallel looping at the same time so it's got six independent tracks that can be played in parallel as well as six song parts as we call them groupings of six tracks that you can go in different sequences and so you could have a full full composition, not just like a single loop that you play over and over. And you could see it all on this visual touchscreen. So that made looping a lot easier and people wanted to do even more with our gear. So we created the MIDI Maestro, which is the easiest floor, a foot controller for a MIDI controller. So you can connect the MIDI Maestro to the to the Aeros Loop Studio or to the Buddy, or to any other MIDI product out there, MIDI compatible product. And you could program the MIDI Maestro. It's got six buttons on it, each with its own screen, which the screen displays what, what the function of that button is. And you, could ha- you have a smartphone app that you can customize what all the buttons do. And you, each button can have multiple functions. So it's a very powerful little device that you can control. And our last product, which is the cable, I've actually got one right here on my desk, I'll just hold it up to the camera, which is our... Our simplest product. It's literally just a plastic wheel that you wrap your audio cables in. And I thought of this product because I was doing a show myself. I was doing this little coffee house gig. And because I have all this gear, I'm a singer-songwriter, I have guitar effects, I have vocal effects, I have my beat buddy, my aerosloop studio. I've got a lot of gear and I got to connect them all with lots of cables. So I had like eight different cables I had to like wrap after the show. And it was just taking me forever. They'd get tangled, they'd get messy. People would step on them, spill beer on them, you know. And so I thought, my mom, who loves gardening, she has this big wheel that she has her garden hose on. And so I saw her using that, and man, I need something way smaller, but something like that for audio cables. And so we created the Cabley. We just thought it sounded like cable, but cute. You know, it's like cable, but (laughs) instead of the E at the end, it's an I. And, And that's like a little $20 device. You just wrap your cable up, takes you three seconds to wind the cable all the way up and it protects it in transport also great when when you're at a show and you only, you have like a, a 30 foot cable but you only have like three feet between you and your gear you could just pull out as much of it as you want and the re- the rest of it just goes on the floor nicely wound and protected by this plastic case so it protects your cables makes them a lot faster to to put away as well as as well as keeps your stage neat keeps the cables from tangling a Over the place keeps you from tripping on like loose cables. So so that's our current lineup with Singular Sound. We're working on additional products to expand the product, but pretty much all of our products have come from my and and our customers' requests of you know going through our lives as musicians, what things annoy us, what things do we wish we could do. And that's kind of like our ethos at Singular Sound: we we build We build with specific issues in mind and specific frustrations with the current state of music gear in mind and try to make it better.
1: All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with the community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, Or if you just wanna know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is gonna be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two week trial to our Music Mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're gonna get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars: The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds, where our highest-level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music then once a month, we're going to have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top-level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private Music Mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and sign up for free. Uh, From there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now, and uh, let's get back to our interview. Hmm. Dang, dude, that's awesome! What a what a great Thank lesson you. in entrepreneurship, you know? And and I appreciate how how you shared your story. And you know, I think it takes a lot of bravery to be able to to share you know, like early on mis- mistake that you made and be able to like kind of own up to it. And it sounds like yeah, it was thank probably you. a big growing, growing experience. Oh, extremely. Um. I
0: mean, I, it was, I, at the time I thought that my life was over and, and uh, you know, I might go to prison for like 10 or 20 years. And I, my daughter had just been born. She was an infant at the time and I would miss her watching her grow up. It was uh, wow. an extremely, extremely terrible time in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm extremely grateful that I managed to get out of that and go into something much more fulfilling and much more enjoyable and uh, making gear that brings joy to people's lives. So, you know, it's uh, just something that's much I'm much happier with
1: yeah you know it, it is quite the the pivot and i wonder yeah. if you could find a way to combine you know, like <laughs> weapons like with like the beat maker so it's like on the front line they're <laughs> playing the beat
0: <laughs> well i mean now you're giving me ideas <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah i have had people in the military who've like messaged me and said that they've like the military band have used my equipment. So not exactly the same thing, but, uh, but, you know, there are people who are, you know, our men in uniform are still using my gear, but they're just mm-hmm. using it for more pleasant purposes these days, mm-hmm. That's which I'm awesome. very proud of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Man, it's like great timing too. So I, I just have been getting back into music production myself mm-hmm. and using Ableton Live, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've got like a, yeah, like a keyboard set up here and nice. in the market for like a looper <laughs> to start oh, doing really? some loop stuff. So here, oh, this comes out. along. There yeah. it is. The you know, any, you know anything that you know was. <laughs>
0: The Eros Loop Studio, that's for your audience, A-E-R-O-S, Eros. Kind of like the Mm. Aerosmith, but just Eros Loop Studio. Mm. We, we just gave it that name just because we thought it sounded cool. It doesn't really mean anything. It was just, Mm -hmm. we knew it was going to be a a bit pricey. And so we were like, we need to make it sound cool. So yeah, it's definitely not, the Eros is, is in the $600 range. So it's a top level looper, but you have six parallel tracks and six song parts, which no other Looper does. So you have 36 tracks per song. It's got built-in Wi-Fi, so we're constantly updating it and adding new capabilities so you can download updates to the pedal just like you would on your phone. Another first in the industry. And it's got the visual feedback, which is really huge for looping. This This was something that I thought of because before so the way we got into loop into the into building the Eros was after we came out with a beat buddy, because the beat buddy has MIDI capabilities, both MIDI in and out, people were sending the MIDI clock from the beat buddy to their loopers and so that the loop would cut at on the beat, you know, so that the loop would remain the same length as the drum beat. Because if they're different lengths, then they go out of sync as they cycle around. Mm -hmm. And so it's super important if you're going to be looping with a drum machine that you have MIDI clock connection between the drum machine and your looper. So I bought a bunch of loopers that people were using at the time uh, I bought the the boss looper, the RC-300, you know, I bought Pigtronics Infinity, a few other loopers that people that have MIDI capabilities, they're all high-end loopers because the cheap ones don't have MIDI. You know, you're not going to get MIDI capability from your basic Ditto looper, right? So, but when I was using these loopers, I realized well, first of all, I'm not a looper guy, right? You know, I, I, at least I wasn't back then. (laughs) Even today, that's not my main musical focus, right? And I realized that looping is freaking hard, man. You know, you have to like, you're pretty much not only being a musician on the fly, you're being like a composer on the fly, a like an arranger, you know, you're, you're being a producer, kind of everything on the fly and and you have to do it all exactly in time and you also have to keep track of like where in the loop you are so if you have like if you have a, like a, a chord progression that's just like four chords let's just say and it repeats itself a few times let's say you you play it four times you know four bars right if you want to do another loop to it you need to know when that first loop ends right because you have to line it up And so if you lose track of where you are in that loop, if you can't remember whether you're in the second measure or in the fourth measure, you're going to make the wrong decision of when you start recording or end recording the other loop. And with all these other loopers, because they don't have any visual feedback, you don't really know where you are. You just have to really keep it all in your head. And that's kind of difficult. That's like a real skill you need to develop. And people do it, obviously. And there's amazing musicians out there who do amazing looping with you know the gear that that they have. But I realized that for me, because I wasn't one of these amazing looping musicians, I was like, man, it would be so much easier if I just had a screen just like on a DAW where I could see where I am in the loop. I don't have to guess, I don't have to memorize, I don't have to keep track in my head. I just look at the screen and I see there I am in the loop, especially when you're getting to more than one loop, it starts to get really difficult because like some loops are four measures, some are two, some are eight. And you know to be able to keep track of all that in your head is extremely difficult, if not impossible, once you get past a certain number of loops. So we wanted to make the most powerful looper that was possible, but as well as the easiest one to use. So in order to do that, we realized we needed like a nice touch screen on the looper itself that would display everything in beautiful wave format. So you could see the tracks, you could you have little like timing clocks that are going around. So you see the progress of the loop, even if the loop is super long and beyond the the length of the screen, you see like where you are. You could also time things to go either at the end of the measure or at the end of the loop, or instantly like you could time something to you could time a loop to fade out towards the end according to the end of the loop or to or to fade in according to the end of the measure or end of the loop. There's settings for all that. You could also reverse the track so that you, when it comes to the end of the track, it starts playing backwards. People love doing that and looping. So we have a, a whole system built into the Aerosloop Studio that just takes, it's still a very small footprint pedal, right? Like for example, there's another looper that came out a bit after us called the Headrush Looper Board. And this thing is the only other looper out there that I know of that has a screen on it that displays the waveforms similar to us, but they they do it in, in my opinion, in a much worse way. <laughs> and this, their looper is enormous. I mean, it's like, it's probably about eight times the size of the arrows. It's got like 12 buttons and, and it's not very intuitive in my opinion, but we were able to design a system that we could take something one eighth, the size of that and still put in more functionality and more capabilities, and make it easier to use just because of the way we design the system. So, just for example, we have a we recently released a new software update a few months ago, which people could just download through the Wi-Fi, you know, which is awesome. And you can now, with the new software update, if you hold down the lower left button on the AeroSloop Studio, you have a pop-up menu of all these new capabilities, these options. And it also has this big scroll wheel that you can turn with your foot and you could select which option you want on the menu and then you could choose. And so we're able, and you could customize what this menu does. So you could have one option be fade in or fade out, another one be reverse, another one, you know, be, you know, save the song so you don't have to, you know, bend down and touch the touch screen and do stuff like that or start a new song. So we designed the entire unit to be as hands-free as possible because we know that musicians hate bending down on stage and fiddling with their gear like between songs it doesn't look very rock and roll so so we we designed it so that almost anything you could do with it with the Aero loop studio you could do it with just using your feet And with just like a few button taps and like the scroll wheel. And so that, so you don't have to bend down and and you can look cool and it'll be easy and you can save your back and you're still able to do all these things that you would need a much, normally need a much bigger piece of equipment, which takes up a lot more space in your pedal board to do. Or you need a computer and nothing else does what the Eros does. So, yeah, it's been a very long road. We've been working on it for about 6 years refining it and constantly improving it. We have a a user forum on our website on singularsound.com that our customers post and they post requests and if they find bugs they post bugs and with the beat buddy section they post beats that they make and drum sets that they make that people can download for free and put on their own beat buddy. So there's a whole community of people who are based around our products, who are very invested in our products, and who are very passionate about our products. And they're constantly giving us feedback. And because all, all of our products are updatable, including the Beat Buddy and the Eros and the MIDI Maestro. Not the BeatBuddy Mini. That's the BeatBuddy Mini is a, a, a half, a, a cheaper version of the BeatBuddy. It's a little bit less than half the cost, but it's not updatable. It's more meant for for students. So instead of three hundred and seventy dollars, which the BeatBuddy is, it's one hundred and fifty dollars. BeatBuddy Mini. It's a good starting, you know, good thing for starting musicians. So that's not updatable. But all all, our, all of our other products have updatable firmware. So we pay attention to what our customers, our community on the forum requests. And then we try to build as much of that into the next iteration of the product. And we've been doing this for years for the BeatBuddy. We've been doing it for nine years. It's been on the market since 2014. And with the Eros for about, it's been on the market for about three years. So it's been a, a, process of constant iteration. And, and you know, it, and it was so important for the Eros because the one thing I learned as soon as we released the Eros, and I thought we released it in, you know, a really good state, but we suddenly got a whole bunch of complaints because apparently there's so many different ways of looping there's different styles of looping. And so for example, there's, there's the classic standard looping, which is what I as a singer songwriter myself, I thought that's most people do this is you just have a basic loop. Maybe you have like one for a verse, one for a chorus, you have maybe another loop, you know, one, one loop for your rhythm, one for your lead, you know, and some basic song structure stuff, right. And you want everything to the, to, you know, want everything quantized. So you can, so you set the, tempo in advance, or you go to the your drum machine, your beat buddy, so everything's played to that. But turns out there's all these different types of looping, which I had known a bit about beforehand, but I was forced to learn about in detail once we released the Eros, because so there's the, the people who like doing soundscape looping where they don't have anything quantized to any click or anything, they like everything to be ethereal and, and nothing and nothing to be locked to itself. So things are kind of like coming in and out and they need things to be fading. And so one really cool thing that, that I learned that I had no idea about before we released the Eros is with a soundscape artist, when they close that loop, Usually, a, a, almost every looper, what happens is when you press the button on the looper, you go from recording to playback, right? Now, what the soundscape artists wanted is they wanted to go from recording. to to overdub so it'll close the loop but it continues recording and starts overdubbing the remaining you know immediately instead of going into pure playback and the reason they wanted that was because when they're doing soundscaping they're using all these cool effects that kind of like ring out and reverberate and have all this cool atmospheric feel to it And if you cut the loop right there, all those effects get cut and it sounds terrible. They wanted those effects to keep on reverberating into the beginning of the loop. And so we had to create a setting that instead of going from record play overdub or RPO as we call it, it would go from record overdub play so or rop and so we created that setting and that that's just one of many many examples of all these different styles of looping that we that we were informed of. Once we came out with the Eros, uh, I, you know, very passionate community on our forum insisted that we build all these other features so that they could use it. And luckily, because it's updatable with the, with the Wi-Fi and because we've got this nice, beautiful touchscreen on it, which we can program to do whatever we want, it's not like set in stone like other loopers with printed labels on it. And, you know, you can't really change anything. You have to come out with a new product. And, you know, that's what the the model of the industry has been up until now is that if you want something new you have to buy new gear and we realized that's you know this is the modern era you could update stuff right and Mm -hmm. so we just paid attention to what our customers, our community was requesting from us and we just build it into the next update. And I think that that's been a big secret to our success. And we've gotten a lot of, you know, very passionate community based around our products because we listen to them and we build things based on what they want and, and need. Hmm. Super smart. Yeah. Yeah. I you. mean, like
1: it, the whole, your whole story and the proxy build are such a great lesson in you know, entrepreneurship and, you first starting with yourself and thinking, man, like there's this thing I'm doing and there's this this challenge or there's this struggle of frustration and I wish there was a solution to it. But unlike, you know, what the common thing is, was just you know, like, well, dang, like that's frustrating, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. You actually had the, you know, the proactiveness to actually say, you know what, like maybe I can actually, you know, change this. Maybe, mm. I, can, maybe I can improve this and then I can help other people who are experiencing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of lessons there to take, you know, for anyone yeah, thank listening to right now. Yeah. In terms yeah, yeah. of yeah.
0: Go no, I was gonna I was gonna say that I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was gonna say that the interesting thing about it is that when I came out with the Beat Buddy, I've had at least 10 or 15 people like email me or or when I went to NAM to the NAM show, which is, you know, the for those who don't know, one of the biggest, I think the biggest musical gear trade shows in the world in Anaheim, California every year. I had people come up to me in person. They said, this happened at least 10 or 15 times. I'm not exaggerating. And they would say, you know, beat buddy, it's great. I had that exact idea like 10 years before. <laughs> I just never did anything about it. You know, it was just such a great... I even had one of the people, one of the product managers from Boss the biggest pedal company in the world right come up to me and say you know i've been trying to get corporate to build something like this for years but they wouldn't listen to me they had other priorities so congratulations you actually made it happen and i mean he was he was happy obviously he was happy for me but he he but it's amazing that people think that that oh all the best ideas have been done (laughs) i hear that all the time like there's no new ideas like but it's that is so not true you just think that because you haven't had a new idea, or where you people think, oh, this idea is so obvious. If if because it's so obvious, someone must have done it. And I thought that about the beat buddy. I I was sure someone had done it. And to be honest, I was completely shocked that nobody had done it because I thought it was an obvious idea too. And that's you know, they say the secret to having good ideas is have a lot of ideas. <laughs> and if you have enough ideas, occasionally, some of them will be good. And some of the good ones, nobody had done before. And then you have an opportunity to actually do it yourself. And, and of course, doing it yourself, that's the hardest part. It, no matter how easy an idea seems, it's always much harder than you think. The best example for me was I thought when building the Cable, I was like, this is the simplest idea in the world, right? This is a literally a plastic wheel that you wrap your cable in, right? I'm like, this is gonna take me a few months, I'll knock it out and that'll be the end of it. And instead of a few months, it literally took me a year and a half to get it to out the door. And it was just a lot of things I just didn't know, you know, like when you're building, I'd never made any product out of plastic before. And I didn't realize that when, you know, there's always some warping and plastic and some issues with the molds and then it doesn't fit right. And then you have to fix it and, and you have to, you know, change the design. And so it doesn't warp as much. And, and there's just so many things that can go wrong that you just don't know are going to go wrong and you just kind of have to roll with it and, uh, and adjust your expectations and just keep on moving ahead and, and don't give up. Right. As long as you think there's still a good option, a good possibility of, of success, you just, you can't give up. Of course, knowing when the right time is to give up, that's also another skill. Right. Because if you are putting way too much of your time and resources into something that doesn't look like it has any ending before you could actually, you know, before you run out of the, that time or resources, it's sometimes better to cut your losses and move to something that's easier to accomplish. So that in of itself is, is a real balancing act and knowing when to keep on going after something and when to cut your losses is, I don't think there's any real solid rule of thumb there. It's just something that you have to kind of decide for yourself and think of, you know, how much how much more work and time and money am I willing to put into this thing? And what's the chances of success? And you kind of weigh that until and make your own decision. So that that's that's a tough thing because there's no... There's no formula for it, but, but yeah, but just keep on plugging away at, at an idea you believe in, I would say is the most basic, basic thing you can do to accomplish anything really.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, Yeah. there's a few things that, that I get out of your story. Like, you know, one is you starting with any problem, you know, any issue or any struggle like that. That's kind of like where the opportunity exists, right? And Absolutely. So looking at what, what are our biggest problems. And if we're coming up against a problem and we're trying to solve it, we're like, man, mm-hmm. like this is a big problem that I can't find a solution. No one else is solving it. Exactly. And that could be an opportunity to be like, maybe I can help solve this. And maybe I'm not the only one with this problem. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing that I think is brilliant about what you've created is, is the, iteration and the ability to, to, to take, Mm -hmm. you know, customer feedback and to co-create new ideas based Mm on, uh, you know, the, the advantage that you've created with the ability to quickly iterate Mm -hmm. with the screens, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, if you're able to make changes 50 times faster and cheaper than everyone else, because they don't have the hardware built into it, but you have the ability to kind of, you know, update it with software and firmware updates, mm-hmm. I can see how that you know, leads to this iteration cycle, feedback cycle that you know, mm-hmm. makes it better and better and better, faster and faster. And for anyone that's listening or watching this right now, um, you know, with your music careers, you, you might not necessarily think of yourself as like a entrepreneur or business owner, and oh, hopefully you do by now, if you're like listening to this podcast, we've had enough conversations, mm-hmm. you understand like, you know, that it really is a music business and you are an entrepreneur and you're serving your fans. But this idea of like co-creation and this idea of, of bringing in feedback and actually you know doing things together, having a request board and having that be a main you know factor in terms of what you create, super valuable.
0: Yeah, because you don't. I think it, it it needs to come from a place of being humble. You know, a lot of people think that I'm the brilliant artist, I'm the brilliant inventor, you know, entrepreneur. I'll I know what needs to be done, right? But at the end of the day. Your, your success or failure depends on other people, right? How they react to your work. And you need to you need to approach things with an open mind and, and a sense of humbleness that you don't know everything and and you're gonna sometimes get proven very wrong, <laughs> sometimes embarrassingly wrong, and you just have to roll with it and and just do better because that's how you grow and that's how you become better and and the people who who are, who stubbornly refuse to take in any outside feedback or requests. Even if they're brilliant, they, their internal reality is going to come into a clash with the external reality of what everyone else wants. And, and occasionally, that artist, that creator is super brilliant enough that it works, right? Like Steve Jobs is very famous for not doing any focus groups, right? He was like, oh, the customers don't know what they want. I tell them what they want, right? He's, he's very famous for that. And he was right for certain things, You know, he was right, you know, with the iPhone and and things like that. But he was also wrong. I mean, there's some, there's some products that Apple failed at and nobody remembers what they are because they failed at it.
1: It, It's really interesting finding that balance, you know, the... Classic. I think it was Henry Ford. He says, you know, if I asked people what they wanted, then they would have asked for faster
0: horses. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great line. And but then he took it too far. And he said, you could have any color of your Model T as long as it's black. (laughs) 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 And so he refused. He refused to do because he wanted Mm -hmm. to do he wanted to get uh, to buy paint in bulk and it's much cheaper to buy it if it's all one color. And so he wants to save money. So he refused to do any other colors. And then General Motors came along and said, hey, you guys can have five different colors. You want a red car? You want a white car? You don't just have to have a boring black car. And they started eating his lunch. And a few years later, he had to change his mind and said, you know what, we're going to have to offer people colors because the market is spoken. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely, there's always that mountain Henry Ford is such a great example. You know, he, uh, he he had his brilliant innovation and and showed people what was possible that people could not have imagined but then he kind of went too deep into it and he thought he knew everything and he was proven wrong and if he hadn't been so full of himself right and <laughs> you know if he had been a little bit more open minded to what the customers wanted general motors wouldn't have grabbed such a huge share of the market he would have he would have, main, he would have maintained ford's dominance so it's that's a that's a perfect example of this dichotomy this this inter- play. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah.
1: So yeah, this is kind of like a a personal question for me, or maybe it's a Mm -hmm. bit of a selfish question since I'm interested in like looping and and figuring out my my own station now. But you mentioned that you know you have like a product suite now and different products that are solving different you know different problems and different needs. Um, Correct. So I'm I'm curious what you'd recommend for someone who So I have uh, an Ableton Push Mm 3 that I'm going to start playing around with for Mm -hmm. some of the sequencing and and the integration with Ableton Live. Mm -hmm. And what I'm missing right now is like, you know, I have a keyboard set up, but I don't have like a foot, foot station for like looping. And if I'm playing key piano, I'm not going to be able mm-hmm. to like click loop at the same time. Sure. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how your products, you know, integrate with, with mm-hmm. different workflows and what sure. you recommend for someone who has you know a few pieces, but are looking to add more to their setup.
0: Right. So for people who are using Ableton in general, obviously you have no problem having a laptop in your shows, right? That's that some, some people. You know their they, their entire thing is based on the laptop, and other people hate laptops with a passion because they're nervous about taking them to live shows. They think they're going to get knocked off the table and broken, and and I understand that. and And so we we have our products address both of those situations. For people who are worried about the laptop and don't like having a laptop, they you know, don't want to be seen as you know, you know, fiddling with their laptop during a show, which is you know, a good portion of musicians, then I would recommend the Sleep Studio because that's the most robust, most flexible looping solution that you have in a non-laptop form in a pedal form, right? Now, the Eros can't do everything that Ableton can. I would never claim that it could. I mean, you're talking about a $2000 laptop versus a $600 pedal. So there's definitely some hardware limitations. And of course, in the pedal we had to put money into making it robust and strong and and having all the physical gear, rather Ableton is just a software program that you pay for that goes on top of the hardware that you paid way more much way more money for than the than the looper than the Eros you'd be paying for, right? So you can't do everything with the arrows that you could do with Ableton, but you could do a lot and you could probably do most of what people want to do from a looping perspective with just the arrows. So a lot of people have actually told us and posted on our forum that they've been replacing Ableton in their live shows with the arrows. That may not be a good solution for everybody and I know that's you know once you have a certain workflow, you kind of get stuck in that workflow. sometimes you know you're used to that and and, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. You should do what works for you. So if you're looking to use Ableton but have some hands-free control, I would recommend the MIDI Maestro. The MIDI Maestro is our, our floor MIDI foot controller. And it's, as I mentioned before, it's got six buttons on it, each with its own screen. And, and you could program it with a smartphone app that connects with Bluetooth to, to the MIDI Maestro, what each of those buttons do. And you could also program it to have like different banks, so to speak, we call them pages, right? So you could change the functions of the buttons, depending on what, what state you're in, in the, in the song. So you can have like one button that takes you to, to this category of effects, right, that you, and then all the buttons on the, on the unit change to those effects. And then you could exit out by pressing another button. And so you have in from just a six button floor device you have many many more options than a traditional midi foot controller would have traditional midi foot controllers you have to put like a piece of tape on top of every button and scrawl with a sharpie of what that button does and that's pretty much all it can do until you go through the very big hassle process of reprogramming it, which traditional MIDI foot controllers, you practically had to have a computer science degree to to program some of these things. They're they're they were built by computer programmers, not by musicians. So we made customizing the MIDI maestro as easy as possible. That's why we made it with a smartphone app. It's all just you know, point and click, so to speak. You can download ready-made modes directly onto your MIDI Maestro of various gear. So if you don't want to look into the manual and look up the exact MIDI command of what does what, you can have like a like a ready, ready-to-go ready mode that you just download directly into it all set up. And of course you could customize it all. So that would, I would say for someone like you who is has their gear set up, and just want some hands-free control so you don't have to use your hands and fiddle with your laptop or or other stuff i would say the midi maestro is the product for you you can set it up however you want you the functions that are important to you you could program it into it and and yeah and that, that's and it's a relatively painless process awesome
1: yeah that's pretty much an instant instant buy for me <laughs> i'm like <laughs> awesome. in the market for it this sounds perfect that's exactly what i'm looking for awesome great awesome Ka-ching. Well, hey, that's why I came on the podcast. Yeah, I knew that's it. right.
0: I sold this one unit,
1: <laughs> one at a time. Yeah.
0: Hey, every every dollar counts.
1: <laughs> well, hey, hey, man, this this has been awesome connecting with you yeah. and hearing your story. And again, I, I really appreciate just you know the lessons, lessons in growth and mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship and also you know the willingness to you know be able to learn mm-hmm. from. Um, learn from you know, mistakes and, and lessons in the past. I think is a valuable absolutely. thing, and and being willing to like own up to mistakes and learning from them, I think is a great character trait. So yeah, thank you, you. so much for. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, yeah. man,
1: absolutely, and, and thank you for you know for taking you know the lessons that you've had and then applying them in this way that's serving so many people and, and so many musicians. Everything you just talked about, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening and watching this right now who are like this was made for me like this is something that I, you know, I've been struggling with this is so great so yeah so thanks again awesome. and for anyone who's listening to this right now who is interested in learning more or de- taking a deeper dive into any of the products that you mentioned what's the best place for them to go to
0: learn more singular yeah singular s-i-n-g like sing u-l-a-r and sound.com and that's our that's our website. Of course, if you can look up Beat Buddy, like your buddy that plays the beat, there's many videos on YouTube about that or Eros, like the first part of Aerosmith, Eros Loop Studio. There's many YouTube videos on that if you just want to go to YouTube. But our but we do prefer that if you're gonna buy the equipment that you buy it on our website because we make more money that way. <laughs> and we also get direct contact with the customers and we we can, you know, it just gives us a lot more. Opportunities to interface with our customers when they buy directly from us. And so singularsound.com, and uh, I'll I'll say just for your show right now, for the ones who stay to the end, as a reward, if you use the coupon code Keep rocking No G at the end, Keep Rockin', you'll get ten percent off on our website singularsound.com. So save a little oh, bit of money. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for doing that. Yeah, awesome. my yeah. And like always, we'll put all the links in the show notes for, for easy access. Perfect. And yeah, that's where, that's where I'm going to be going right right after this to, to go pick up one of the, the foot pedals. Awesome. So, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah! it.
1: Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us, that, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's gonna help us reach more musicians like you who wanna take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.